Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be digging into the details of how to regain the intuition you were born with, and enhancing it into something you can use consciously. Everyone has intuition. Like water, which comes into being when two hydrogen atoms connect with one oxygen atom, intuition is something which comes into being when a soul and a body merge into one being. Usually, this goes unremarked in early childhood, as parents focus on 1. Parenting 2. The child meeting all its physical and mental growth goals and 3. The parents sleeping any chance they can, which is never enough and Some claim they don't get caught up until the child's in their 20s. Anyway, somewhere between ages 3 to 7 approximately is when adults start teaching a child intuition isn't a good thing to have or use. These lessons come in the form of being told they have a fertile imagination, they're precocious, needing to grow out of having invisible friends, not to tell tall tales, and so on. These comments, instructions, and statements of fact let the child know intuition, Akashic work, any of the clairs, voyance, sentience, audience, or cognizance, mediumship, or anything shamanistic is at the least unappreciated, if not outright dismissed as not real, and should be kept private. Most children, therefore, learn to ignore and eventually turn off their intuition in order to navigate regular life in modern culture. Intuition and those who keep it are relegated to the fringes of society, such as artists, mystics, and those who commune with nature and so on. Some families acknowledge it as a quirk which shows up now and again and is used for things like winning fun amounts in casinos or knowing when a parking space will come free. For those without this family history, it can seem as if it's a message from a higher power because it appears like a thunderbolt out of nowhere to prevent us from a disastrous action or accident. Luckily, like any habit, what has been learned can be unlearned. As intuition is not a function of the mind, but a sense much like sight or touch, The memory of being intuitive and navigating the world with this additional input is already in our body. Our limbic and akashic energy systems are optimized to operate at this level and most likely have been doing so all along. All we need to do is tune into the information we're already getting and incorporate it into our daily lives. Before we dig into tips and techniques for working with your intuition, Let's stop for a moment and talk about what it actually is. Intuition is a general term for one of our six senses. Just as our eyes take in and interpret light, and our ears take in and interpret sound, our body takes in and interprets energy. Energy, whether you think of it as chi or prana or akasha, is both life force, think reiki, acupuncture, or karate, and information, such as animal communication, mediumship, and readings of all types. There are three main sources of energy, universal or akashic, earth, and interconnected. Akashic energy flows down through our prana channel, i.e. the chakras, 
constantly. It carries with it information from our soul book, our higher self, our guides, our teacher, and any other beings we might be working with. This is the flow we're taught to be most comfortable with as modern cultures value the mind, innovation, and commodification of the physical world. This downward flow moves from inspiration to thought and on down until we produce something physical. Earth energy flows up the prana channel and gives us the wisdom of beingness. It has all the keys for creating a healthy relationship with our body, with abundance, intimate partnership, experiencing oneness, and successful manifestation. It's most comfortable for those who focus on a physical life, such as artists, dancers, and martial artists. This upward flow moves us from experiencing through being and into wisdom, which moves outward from us to join the co-creation of all that is. Interconnected energy is what is generated all around us by other embodied and less corporeal beings. This includes not only human beings, but also trees, cars, animals, houses, plants, statues, weather patterns, and entire geographic locations. There are a number of ways we take in this energy. One of the more commonly noticed is through our hands. Energy healers, or those who are energy sensitive, will often be aware not only of how much information or influence they receive when touching someone, but how much is left behind on items or in spaces once the person has left. It can seem a bit like energy BO, or chewed gum left on the sidewalk that then gets stepped in. It's annoying and unpleasant, but can be dealt with. Alternately, we use our hands to breathe in the beauty and amazingness of things such as a loved one's face, a leaf, a stretch of newly polished chrome or length of velvet. We are tactile beings not just because we have nerves in our hands or opposable thumbs that wish to grasp. In touching, we create an interconnected circuit where information pours in and out of us simultaneously. We also partake of the world through our feet. The soles of our feet not only connect with earth energy, but with the foundation of things around us. They tell us what is hidden directly below, what or who can be trusted to support us, and help us know how much of ourselves we might need to expend in order to fully incorporate ourselves into the web of life all around us. One of the most crucial and least known ways to take in interconnected energy is through our back. From the nape of our neck to the tip of our coccyx, our back is a wide expanse of nerves and receptors constantly sweeping the area around us for signals. Like a radar dish, it tunes into things such as intent, bigger picture, cause and effect, and others' manifestation processes, and brings them in so we can navigate a world full of other beings doing the same. This is why our alert system often starts with the hair on the back of our neck standing up, usually when the information is about someone out of our field of vision. Our back is paying attention to everything our mind is not, since our mind is often fully focused on what is in front of us. Our back radar is the peripheral vision beyond our actual peripheral vision, giving us details far beyond the range of our physical senses. All of this energy information, Akashic Earth and Interconnected, 
is processed through whichever means is most appropriate for who we are and how we're living in any given moment. It can go through the third eye for us to see beyond the surface into the essential truth. It can get moved through the heart chakra and stir us into altruism and community action. It can prompt us to give voice to our creativity, wisdom, or needs, or it can push to protect our vulnerable self from use and abuse. Each of us participates in this process each moment of our lives to varying degrees. Some stick to the patterns they learned in childhood and react to externals, while seeing everything as concrete and mundane. Others seem to have a wisdom beyond their years, but simply accept it as just part of how they are. Some process the information in dreams, which can seem prophetic or deeply meaningful, while others don't know how they know. They just do. For those who want to remember how to experience and fully participate with their intuition, there are two places I can recommend you start. Random thoughts and your spidey sense. We're taught to dismiss our random thoughts as nonsensical, internal white noise, or disjointed internal rumblings from a subconscious which needs to be ignored in order to learn its manners. While this could be the case, they can also be the third eye processing energy information. This is different from ongoing internal monologues about issues we're processing, the judging voice which tells us how wrong we are in and about most things, and the desires which goad us into acting on our best and worst behaviors. These random thoughts are your intuition trying to get your attention. To remember how to work with them, first start noticing them consciously. It can help to keep a tiny notebook with you throughout the day and jot them down like a stream of consciousness journal made out of fortune cookie one-liners. You may be surprised how many thoughts like this you have throughout the day. The next step is to note what you're doing when they occur. Context is important when dealing with intuition. No matter where in the web the information is coming from, we are the antenna, and what we're doing, where we're doing it, and with whom will tell us how we're tuning into this particular channel, therefore how we can repeat the process and even enhance it. Even more so than with our random thoughts, we're taught to ignore the signals our body gives us about a person or situation. We force ourselves to look someone in the eye and face them when everything in our body is screaming for us to turn away. We feel our senses go on alert and adrenaline kicking in as we pick up energy signals, but let our mind logic us out of what seems like horror film nonsense, only to experience later our senses were right. To remember how to work with them means first noticing when you have them. They can appear as Freudian slips, where you meant to do this, but did that instead. They can be translating as feelings about something or someone, which seem completely contrary to what they should be. Or they might be pulling you towards something or pushing away from it, which seems more animal than rational. Instead of what we normally do, which is let our mind negate these things, let yourself recognize they happened. Just this much conscious positive attention will begin enhancing them as it gives your body permission to unfold like a fist unclenching. To lean in further, you can start making space for these reactions. This can be a form of mindfulness practice where during each major activity of your day, 
you stop before doing it and check in with what your body senses are telling you. This should not be an internal going inwards process, which cuts off the external, but instead an invitation to bring your senses alive for a moment in order to be fully present in yourself and the world around you. Once you have the hang of it, you can start doing it with minor activities as well until you've seamlessly incorporated the sensory information into how you navigate in the world. If you already have intuition, but want to improve or expand it, then the place to start is with a diagnostic checklist. Knowing the three main types of information we receive and how we receive them, it's good to check off how you're working with each one and if they're in balance with each other. So number one, check if your three information streams are balanced. Those who do energy work, readings, or download universal information will have a great rapport with the Akashic flow. Those following a physical spiritual path, mindfulness meditation practices, or any type of art, dance, physically creative expression will have an intimate relationship with the earth flow. Martial arts, hunting, tracking, and often indigenous spiritualities will help us maintain a healthy relationship with the radar dish of our back and interconnected inputs. Incidentally, back tattoos can reawaken this function as it draws human attention to this particular area of our back, enhancing our reactive spidey sense. Where a person is fluent in one flow, they are often less fluent in the others. The temptation will be to try and balance them by switching a percentage of our efforts or attention away from our area of expertise in order to focus on what is seemingly new, awkward, or undeveloped. However, this doesn't necessarily create balance. Instead, it can make us feel unbalanced, unsure, and even more awkward as it takes away part of our established foundation of self. Instead, to enhance intuition, we should maintain what we are already comfortable with and add in more of what we have yet to fully embrace. Think of how a family is never complete, always being able to expand as more people are added or adjusting when others are no longer there. In the same way, there's no limit to how much information we can take in, manage, or incorporate. In fact, we already have the capacity for it, we just need to unfold this new aspect of ourselves like the petal of a lotus. Number two, how are you processing the information you receive? Just as we can become comfortable and even reliant on one information flow or another, so we can become overly dependent on one means of processing this information. This is not so much about one chakra or another being out of balance as much as our need to accept the wisdom and information from all of them independently, rather than processed through one central hub. While most of our experiences of our chakras is through the front of our body, information comes in through the back. To improve intuition, it can be helpful to tune in or become mindful of which energy center is receiving the information and processing it. The more aware we are of this, and able to allow the wisdom to emerge into our consciousness from these centers directly, the better our intuition, because we remove cultural filters bequeathed to us in childhood. To do this, start with a mindfulness practice of focusing on each chakra, but through the back of your body, 
Root chakra includes anus, glutes, and hip flexors. Sacral chakra includes the sacrum, small of back, and the sacroiliac. Third chakra is your lower back, mid-back, and kidneys. Heart chakra is upper back, ribs, and the scapula part of your shoulders. Throat chakra is shoulders, neck, and thyroid. Third eye includes stress, hypertension, headaches, and migraines. The more you're aware of how you're relating to your chakras from this aspect, the more fluent you can become in integrating their wisdom and input. The upshot of everything we've talked about here is that the more we remember and develop our intuitive skills, the more we can engage with the seen and unseen world all around and within us. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be looking at how manifesting a partner should be like baking a cake. You probably have all the right ingredients, but how you add them, when, and how much matters on whether this cake will be edible or a tragic mess. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.